Scouts of the Weirdwood Forest. Hey folks, I'm Robert Turk, and this is the Scouts of the Weirdwood Forest Playtest Podcast. Doing something a little bit differently here. I've never heard a podcast before where a game designer actually playtests and breaks down the game that they're working on, so... We're going to see. We're going to try it new. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my company is called Wicked Clever. We publish quirky, offbeat, fun role-playing games. And this game is called Scouts of the Weirdwood Forest. It's a family-friendly, rules-light, storytelling adventure game. And it's a game about exploring myth and fairy tales, testing your limits, learning your strengths and weaknesses, becoming heroes, and finding non-violent solutions to the challenges you face as you travel through this magical wood. So, with me today, I have a group of amazing, talented people who are going to make characters in this first episode. They're going to make scouts. I believe everybody's making a scout. Um, I'm going to introduce them really quick, and then we're going to dive into picking apart this game. So, up first, I have Mab, just Mab, DC's own sideshow girl, Wedgie Two Cheeks, and a longtime podcasting and performance friend of mine um wedgie say hi hey guys hey what's up <laughs> also hi Matt's here too i have spring netto <laughs> i think i just butchered it i was gonna say netanyahu all right <laughs> nailed it nailed it <laughs> nailed it all right spring how do you say your last name netto i said it i just Yay! That was a See, long, dramatic Believe in pause. yourself. Yes. Believe in yourself. Every syllable, but he basically said that. Right. So, uh, Spring is a professional gamer. She's a long-time LARPer. She's coming up on her very first role-playing game writing credit uh, in a Star Trek adventure. And she is an awesome lady. I'm glad to have her here joining us. Hi. I also have Ian Lemke. You might recognize his name from the front cover of Changing the Dreaming. Also, currently, the Talisman Adventure role-playing game. And he wrote on The Expanse, which is based on the books, which were turned into a TV show. And is that already out, Ian? It just came out. The PDFs were just released yesterday. Woohoo! And last but not least, I have Dave Olsher. Dave is a longtime gamer. He has been a beta reader for, I believe, every bit of fiction I have written in the last few years. Um, so I trust him. He gives great feedback. He's in tune with how I think mythologically. Um, he is also the organizational force behind many East Coast fairy festivals, Renaissance festivals, and theatrical productions. Say hi, Dave. Hi, thank you. And, uh, you know, I have nothing to do with the fact that so many of those East Coast Ferry events are now gone. We're going to jump right in. We're going to make characters tonight. All the characters are uh, Weird Scouts between the ages of 8 and 14. Uh, what is a Weird Scout? A Weird Scout is uh, they are descended from a person of the Weirdwood. And when I say person, these are magical people. These are Elfar or Berg folk or Pixies or Naiads. When they become of age and whichever, whatever age is appropriate for that family, they're sent off into the woods all by themselves with a group of friends to figure it all out. Make sense so far? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Hansel and Gretel. So, uh, character creation, mostly about imagination and a little bit about the rules. 
I have a question. What time period in the, quote, real world is this set in? So this is a modern game. Modern kids. And actually, as the game was being developed, we went around in circles on this a lot because I imagined at first it was very much a inspired by uh, the movie or the book Stardust um, that uh, or 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 old fairy tales that this was a once upon a time kind of world. However, we have found it comes easier to just say, hey, this is today. And that lets them jump right into the story and right into the action without having to think of, oh, wait, did they have cell phones in Once Upon a Time? Usually, no, they didn't. Now, that said, one of the rules of being a weird scout is that you don't bring modern technology into the wood. So, and it's it's not a... It's not explained up front why that is. There's a story reason why that is. But you don't bring cell phones. You don't bring cameras. That kind of stuff. It's not going to work how you expect it to work in the wood. Every scout has a heritage. And that's where we start in character creation. We don't worry about stats first. We don't worry about any of that. We're going to figure out what makes you cool. So everybody gets a cool power. That's where we start is what is your heritage? Where does your family blessing come from? I know Mab has not read this list. <laughs> I was pretty clear on that. <laughs> does anybody know what heritage they want to play right now? Unless somebody else had their heart set on it, I am thinking Nyat. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not where I thought you were going. No, I can see that, though. That's a good one. Ironically enough, as written, it's the closest thing to the kind of child I actually was. Okay, so Nyads, they are the fairies that inhabit and protect the streams, rivers, and springs of the forest. Those blessed by the Nyads tend to be both excellent swimmers and natural singers. Um, As they journey through the Weirdwood, uh, and this is something that's coming up now, um, so the kids look normal. When they enter the forest for the first time. And the idea here is it's sort of a magic tree house or uh, Chronicles of Narnia thing where the kids don't have to go and live in the Weirdwood for the rest of their lives. They're going for adventures. They're going for a weekend. They're going for two weeks in the summer. They're going for a reason, the longer they stay in the in the Weirdwood and and gain in power and gain in experience, while they're there, they will start to take on some of the aspects of their heritage. So, uh, Dave, as your character uh, spends more time in the forest, they will start to become a little bit naiadish. Uh, your fingers and your toes might become webbed. Uh, your eyes might change color. Uh, you, you, your skin might to start to shimmer. And their ability is the spirit of the waterfall. They, um, they're perfectly at home in the water. They can breathe underwater. They're immune to the cold while in the water. And they can use their attention to draw the, uh, I'm sorry, they can use their voice to draw the attention of everyone around them. Uh, it's not an automatic thing. They have to choose to do it. Uh, so it's not like this every time Dave opens his mouth, we all have to be entranced with whatever he's saying. Um, sorry, it's not the stage manager ability, Dave. <laughs> but uh, you can you can turn it on at will. So who's next? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm interested in the dryad. Actually. Oh, well, there we go. Uh, Nyad and dryad. Most people know dryad. Dryad is 
a fairy, a spirit that tends to the trees. As they journey through the weirdwood, they usually develop a healthy glow and maybe a green tinge to their hair, a nutty burnish to their skin. Dryads can heal. They can heal plant, animal. Uh, this includes your fellow scouts uh, and and fey people that you meet in the in the wood. Uh, the only restriction is your skin has to be touching living soil. All right, Ian, do you have an idea? I'm thinking. Does Mab have an idea yet? I'm sort of paring it down. But I, I, I kind of do, but I'm also willing to do just whatever you guys need because I'm the one that didn't read the book. And I recognize that there are penalties with these actions. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a couple that I was looking at, you know. Uh, yep. Shoot, go. The, the puka or the giant or the hob. You should do a so puka because that will keep you from doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of Ian's thing. I think maybe we can force him to branch out and try yeah, new avenues. I, yeah, I was trying to decide whether I should, what I should do there. I'm going to play a bird folk. You're going to play a bird folk. All right. Cool. Awesome. They live underground. They like mushrooms and soil tunnels, caves, uh, dealing with decaying things. Uh, they are dirt dwellers. They can see perfectly in the dark. They can ignore bad smells and they have a hearty stomach. Their hearty stomach allows them to digest anything they are able to swallow without suffering any ill effects. So you cannot use your teeth Ian to like chew through iron bars, but no. if you had iron fillings, sure, you could eat them. Sure. Maybe swallow, swallow nails. Though. You could swallow nails. Yeah. All right. um, yeah. Uh, poison wouldn't affect you. If you needed to get rid of evidence, you could dispose of most evidence. You could get rid of evidence for eight hours. Well, it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be different when it comes out the other end. So that leaves Mab. Mab, you oh, were thinking guys. Hob, you were thinking Giant. Everybody knows what a giant is. A giant is a giant. Uh, in this game, they are ancient. They're the original caretakers and inhabitants of the Weirdwood. And when we say giant, uh, they look over the tops of the tallest trees. Uh, so, But giants are stronger and taller, and their ability is they have the strength of 10 regular humans, which for a kid, that's really strong. I really like the idea of being a giant. Okay. Or it's giant. You sold me on it. I, I went and quickly read the giant thing. That sounds awesome. All right. So I think everybody's kind of nailed down what their heritage is. Yeah? Yep. So the character sheet that I have designed for this game is actually a little booklet. It's two pages that you print out uh, and fold and staple together, uh, just like the greeting cards. Did, did anybody make greeting cards like this, like in yep. in the 80s? Yep. And yep. it's super cute and awesome. I mean, this is like one of the coolest character sheets I've seen. I agree. Thank you. Uh, lots of other role-playing games. You know, you have your stats, your strength, your dexterity, your charisma. This game does not have those kind of stats. Uh, your, your most important stats are going to be your four virtues. So uh, the four virtues are bravery, charm, cleverness, and helpfulness. And the way virtues work is they are not a specific ability like strength. They are a behavioral choice or a tendency. It's, it's how you 
face a problem, how you attempt to deal with it. So bravery is the virtue you would use if you're going head on or you're standing your ground. Clever is what you would use when you try to think your way through the problem or around it. Helpful is what you would use if you your solution fosters teamwork to overcome it. And charm is when you re- rely on your smile, your fast talking, your goodwill, and you just hope it all works out. I feel like we should each take one and be good at it because there's four of them. That's encouraged. Now, everybody has all of these. Uh, you have one that's primary and you get a three in that. You have two that are average. You get a two in that. And you have one that's not your strong point and you get a one in that. I was thinking helpfulness. I'm going to go with, can I go with clever? I'm okay with that. All right, ma'am, my dear. Shall we flip for it? If everybody wanted to have cleverness as the their primary, that is fine. It, the game will still work. I was going with bravery for my giant. Okay. I mean, dryad should be charm anyway, right? <laughs> well, somewhat. The dryads also seem to be a bit reserved as well, kind of shy. But... Yeah, so. Well, you, you don't have to. You don't have to be yeah. shy. And and this is your kid. This is your scout. Um, so right. they can break the mold. And like I said, everybody gets all of these. You you strive to do all of these. And the way the system works, you are not locked into your choices here. If at any point you realize, hey, you know, I put charm first, but I really seem to be embracing bravery much more. At the end of an adventure, you're allowed to switch them around. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I like cool. that. Yeah, I, I mean, this way, you're not locked into choices you make when you're learning how to make a character before you've actually played the game. Um, these these can change. Now, there are specific quests that the troop can go on, so they might decide to undertake a bravery quest. Um, and they're going to have to, as a group, do something incredibly brave they would get a bonus. They've completed their bravery quest, and so everybody would get a bonus to bravery. Even if you Mm -hmm. then later switch, hey, bravery was the best, and now I'm going to make cleverness the best, your bonus doesn't move. The troop has gotten a bonus to bravery. Ooh, I like that. So you pick the one, this is the one you lean on the most. This is the one that you, this is how you choose to face a problem the most often. And then you're going to pick two that you have a two in, and one that you have a one in. Higher numbers are better. I'm brave, helpful, and charming. I'm just nice. So what we're defining right now with these traits is how many dice you have to roll when you choose to use one of these virtues in your action. And the way the system is intended to work is that it can be either proscriptive or descriptive. That you... Dave could say to me, okay, I don't know how I'm going to approach this, but I want to be helpful. And it's my job as the story guide to then offer some suggestions on how you could pull off being helpful for this situation and for us to work together to figure out what your action is. Or you could look at me and you could say, I am going to do this this way and I believe this is helpful. And I might question that as the story guide. But if you're sold on it and you can make a convincing argument, then it's my job to let you do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like that. So yeah. it's it's not so much the, the, the D&D idea of, okay, I want to 
pick this lock and you immediately know that's dexterity plus lock picking and everybody that wants to pick a lock or break into a place is always going to roll dexterity plus lock picking and if that's not actually what you roll I'm sorry it's been a while since I played D&D but the idea here is you get to define what you're doing and you get to have a say in what those dice are that you're going to roll. Now, some people are like, oh, well, why wouldn't I always just pick my best virtue? And my answer to that is, that's fine. Pick your best virtue because if you're role-playing it and that's your best virtue and you're being helpful or you're being brave, then of course you get to roll that. This is a very narrative system. Everybody got it? Everybody still on the same page? Got the basic idea, yep. The other thing that comprises your dice pool are your badges and as uh as your character gains experience as your as your scouts explore the weirdwood they will become better and more confident about the things they're doing they will earn points in a badge just like a scout in our world i guess they don't earn points for a badge i don't know really how it works but i know they get badges um you have to do stuff. And you have then to do stuff, and you get the badge. If you, if you, it's like a test. Yeah. Um, so uh, speaking as a uh, recipient of the Weeblo's Heavy Shoulder Award, I'll be happy to consult on any aspect of this design and development. Great. <sighs> I was in the scout. My daughter is a Girl Scout, and she's loving it. And actually, part of this game, uh, it's very much inspired by my kids. I created two scary horror games, one a haunted house game and one a a sci-fi horror game in a row. And my son, who is in third grade, was sitting on my lap as I was doing the um, layout of the art for uh, Starship Infernum. And he's like, all of this is scary. I'm like, well, yeah, because this is supposed to be a scary game. It's for it's for grownups. He's like, all of your stuff is too scary. (laughs) And And he told me I needed to make a game with puppies and rainbows. Um, <laughs> oh my god! And I and I looked at him and I said, "Fine, I will make a game with puppies and rainbows. It will be the most terrifying game you have ever heard of." <laughs> um, and he stood oh. up and walked away. And he told me I was hopeless. The oh, next, us, poor Asiago. <laughs> yeah. The next day uh, was my daughter's first Girl Scout meeting for middle school. She didn't do it in elementary school. She did it. She started in middle school and she came home and she was so excited about all the things they were going to do and all the badges she could earn. And I'm like, Ooh, there's a game here. Um, and actually she asked because I had made patches for Starship Inferno, like, like NASA mission patches. She asked if her troop could play the game. Cause I guess in Girl Scouts, they're allowed to wear other badges that they get like community badges or something. And if I would give each of her her uh, friends and her troop one of these Starship Infernum badges, then I'm like, I am not running this scary <laughs> sci-fi horror game for your, your event horizon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not running this for your middle school friends, but I'll make something else that I can. <laughs> uh, badges uh, in the game, you are scouts. You earn badges. Badges are sort of. Are, they're they're more in tune with what people think of as their skills. That a badge reflects a skill set, um, and and they're 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 broadly defined skill sets. Um, but every character at character creation begins with seven points spread among the badges, but no badge may start higher than a two. 
you fill in the circles for for every point every point that you fill spend. in the bubbles up at the top. I've never seen anything like this before. It's, like it's so soothing. It's you know, like I used to make <laughs> characters just because filling in bubbles was soothing. <laughs> right. It's like uh, standardized tests. Right here, you can just you can go down the middle. Actually, I don't think you can because you've only got seven, and there are twelve badges. So, like I said, I do draw on other games. <laughs> if it's if it's got it's, a good it's like idea, food. It, it it well, I mean, visually, it's a great representation. It's like a nice hot bowl of cheesy grits. I say I love little bubbles. I mean, it, it just they it. I don't know. It makes it seem less numbers, even though it's still numbers. It's still numbers. Who doesn't love bubbles? Who doesn't love bubbles? Each badge, if you get five bubbles in the badge, if you get five points in the badge, you have mastered that badge, and you get a another special ability, a a, a sort of magical ability that goes with the badge. You don't get it until you've got five. Are you allowed to start with five? No. You cannot okay. begin How with many? more than two. No more than two. Two okay, is your good. maximum number of points in a single okay. batch. My Bergfolk named Cobb. He's 11 years old. He has straw-colored hair and big, super dark, almost black eyes. Um, and uh, he is taking alchemy, cooking, hide-and-seek, larceny, and puzzle craft. All right. Because he's a sneaky little bastard. Um, and then two of the, in some of those. I'm not sure which ones yet. I'm just sort of throwing it out there so everybody knows what I'm doing. Absolutely. Okay, I have a pretty good idea for for my giant. Uh, her name is Rox, which is short for Roxanne. She's got blue eyes. No, wait, she's got blue hair. That's right, and purple eyes. And she's a giant. Her hobbies are hide and seek. I dropped my points in athletics, camping and exploring. Uh, two points in hide and seek, one in mythic beasts, one in storytelling and lore. Awesome. She's a ninja. Spring, how you doing? All right. Um, so I try named Alora. She is eleven years old. Aww. She has yeah. Well, that was that was a good age for me. So I decided to follow the uh, the guidelines. Um, she has kind of minty green blonde hair. Um. And we'll say dark brown eyes, dark almost like almost dark gray eyes, just to make it English. Okay. Um, and um, right now she is studying alchemy, heraldry and manners, hide and seek, uh, storytelling and lore. And I'll figure out the all the points there or all of the dots on that. Um, I haven't figured out what her hobbies are yet, though. All right. Cobs, cobs are getting people to to eat strange things and. Um... <laughs> And, and 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 listening in on other kids and and people like in, you know basically gathering gossip. Dave, did we go through yours? Nope, nope. Still still pondering. How did the hobbies come into play? Yeah, you've already jumped ahead into the finishing touches of character creation, which is great. Um, the that's the last section of character creation. So we've we've actually done all of the really difficult, challenging stat work here, which hopefully was not difficult or challenging at all. And then you've just got to kind of round your character out. Uh, characters need a name and an age, which I believe everybody has defined. Every character needs to write down at least one like and one dislike. So uh, the easy answers for kids are usually, I like pizza, I hate homework. The rules and and me as a story guide encourage you to think about 
other interesting possibilities there. So one like and one dislike, which I think is where sort of, I mean, there is a page for likes and dislikes. Hobbies is just fluff. It's not mechanical in any sense of the word. It just happens to, it, it helps you round out your idea of who this character is, who this scout is and, and how you can play them. The other thing is your stuff. When scouts join, they get a certain amount of stuff that they're going to bring with them into the wood. The The basic stuff is already on there. Um, a backpack, a toothbrush, a sleeping bag, a towel, a canteen, a pocket knife, a mess kit, a flashlight, pajamas, and extra socks. Don't want anybody have to think about, do I have those things? Yeah, everybody brings them on a camping trip. And then everybody gets to pick three other small personal items to bring with them. However, remember that you're not allowed to bring electronic devices into the Weirdwood. But you get to pick three other things that your family gave you before you set out or that you think is a, is a good thing to have. If you want to bring a coil of rope, hey, you can bring a coil of rope. Ten-foot pole, probably, yeah, you want to leave that at home. What if I play D&D? <laughs> iron rations, 12 iron <laughs> Except you don't actually know what iron rations are, so it's chunks of iron. Yeah, for yeah. me, that, that's fine. My likes are bugs, and my dislikes are water. Oh. <laughs> my likes are rocks, and my dislikes are loud noises. Soft-spoken giant. And uh, one of my personal items, uh, what do you think about the family rock collecting hammer, you know, like those little tiny rock hammers. Oh, absolutely. It's great. I like bugs. I'm going to take a magnifying glass. Mm. Seems like something the kid would carry around. Yeah. I used to carry one around. Hey, wait, a flashlight's electric. So flashlights are electric, um, but they... These are solar powered. Uh, flashlights will work. Okay. Instead of Robert, instead of flashlights, do you want to come up with some kind of like special weirdwood scout light source that you get? Like it's a bunch of fireflies in a magical lantern or something like that? Yes, because that sounds awesome and cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the flip side of that is it makes sense for a kid to have a flashlight um, if they're going out into the woods to camp at night. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it, it is the standard. I mean, maybe later we get cool lanterns. Right, because bugs. the thing you don't know, and I can tell you as playtesters, is if you're out there for any length of time, your batteries are going to run out. Mm -hmm. So I believe the opportunity to have that, oh, let's collect fireflies in a jar to go explore this cave... I think that opportunity exists mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think it's a good storytelling problem solving opportunity, but I think starting kids out with flashlights, even though it's not the most magical option, it's a, it's a simple practical option. Well, and there might be a better way to explain electronic devices is I, I want to disconnect a modern kid from having access to Google. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's the game point of not taking a cell phone into the weirdwood. That that crutch that we have in modern society, 
And we've sort of wrapped up character creation. Um, okay, so I'm sorry. Oh. I, I kind of fell off the, the wagon there. Um, I'm I'm still thinking about my likes. I'm thinking in terms of my badges, I'm probably focused on athletics, camping and exploring, heraldry and manners, uh, maybe a little puzzle craft, definitely music, um, and some storytelling and lore. Um, so all soft skills. Uh you know he's he's not he's not going to get an engineering degree. Um, dislikes are bullies. I haven't figured out my likes yet. Um, and uh, right now, what I've got stuff that I'm carrying is a journal, a worry stone, and a tuning. Hmm. Like it. All right. Uh, Alora really likes music, and that can be any kind of any kind of music or singing, or even the sound of the wind in the trees. Um, really Aww. dislikes. Really dislikes messiness. Probably will find her constantly trying to straighten things. Um, hobbies? Uh, well, I kind of see her as really liking braiding hair, almost like fixing things that are, you know, it's a bit of that, you know, shoveling things, as it were. So braiding hair and likes to make little little statues or piles of uh, interesting rocks or sticks or things, little almost uh, uh, little interesting things that she likes to leave around. Um, and then things that she's carrying. Well, I feel like I need a hairbrush that can double as my singing mic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yes. Of course. Um, uh, I really feel like I need to have a bottle of soap or a castle soap. I, I, you need to clean things. All right. Why is nobody cleaning things? Yeah. And I really want to have a book, but I'm not sure what kind of book. That's okay. Now, the troop will get a handbook. Um which is, and it's one for the entire troop, and it's a one of these big, thick, magical-looking books that's actually passed down from troop to troop. So it's got the oath that you swear when you join the Weird Scouts, um, and it's got some some uh, some advice at the beginning, and you know the the standard scouting book of hey, this is how to tie a knot, and this is how to pitch a tent, and this is how to splint a broken leg. And then it's got previous troops' journals and mm. stories of their adventures. And oh. so this is a tool that the troop can use um, because for most of the game, they're not going to have an adult guide or troop leader when they don't know what to do or when they need information. They can flip through there and, and try to find it. Um, and it's also the expectation that, that your troop will be adding to the handbook to – leave to a troop that comes later. So I want to touch on something very quickly. Observant people may notice that there was not a combat badge in there. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. people might be thinking, how, how do I hit something? How do I stab something? Uh, and the answer is, my first answer is if a, Situation has devolved to a scout needing to hit or stab or fight a mythical person of the wood who is probably, probably better equipped to take them down. Then you got bigger problems than how do I hit them? Um, there is no combat stat in this game. That's not to say combat can't happen if it must happen but you have to use the other badges to do it. So athletics, if you if you wanted to punch someone, that's 
an athletic thing. Um, the, the better answer would be to run away, maybe, and still use athletics, or to hide and use hide-and-seek. But the idea here is uh, finding other solutions to problems, uh, not immediately going to the uh, hit goblin with sword, uh, get experience points, and a gold piece for it. So there is no go-to combat stat in this game. I like oh, it. I like it, yep. Uh, my, my third item is a half-eaten candy bar. Half-eaten candy bar. Okay, well, that's not going to last. <laughs> is is um, it a different candy bar every time you pull yes, it out of pocket I, I, and then I decide not to eat it? Probably. That's totally a changeling thing. Like, <laughs> that's acceptable. Like, you pull it out, it's a Snickers. Now nah, I'll save it for later. You pull it out, it's a it's a Butterfingers. Well, I was going to say, like, a handful of, like, root beer barrels or something, but I'm thinking with, with this character, it should be a half-eaten something. Did anybody else take two dots in alchemy? No. No. Okay. You're the troop alchemist. The last thing we're going to do is the troop mascot. Now, uh, troop mascot is a, it's an enchanted animal, um, that, that helps out the troop. Uh, this is the role for parents to play if they are, um, playing with kids and not running the game as a story guide. Parents get to be animal familiars. Uh, if you have multiple parents playing, they each get to play uh, animal familiar, uh, and they can focus on their own kid or they can focus on the own, the whole troop. Um, but every troop has this, this mascot has this Archimedes from the Disney sword in the stone. They're intelligent. They can talk. So they have one virtue. And since there's not a parent playing this, you all get to pick what you think you want that virtue to be. You can choose from nurturing, power, stealth, or wisdom. And there are different types of animals, it looks like, listed under them. As suggestions. As suggestions. Um, examples. Yes. When you get to Weirdwood Camp, are there just a whole bunch of animals hanging around to adopt the next troop? Or is your first quest into the Weir- Weirdwood to find your animal? I like the second option. And I'm going to put that in as an optional rule for when a parent is not playing. If you have a parent playing, I don't want them to have to sit out for a session. That's no fun. Right, right. I love the idea of, like, at Camp Weirdwood, like, the staff lounge is just filled with a variety of different There's animals. no Camp Weirdwood. There might be. I mean, that you know of. Right. Okay. So in the game that I'm running for you all, Camp Weirdwood is not a thing that you are aware of. You are not going away to camp, as in camp is a place where you do macaroni art and canoe and learn how to swim with a bunch of other kids from other troops. That game exists, and uh, I think it's called Camp Myth. Um also a cool game focused on you are creatures and heroes from Greek mythology going away to summer camp. This is very much you are camping on your own in the middle of an enchanted forest with with not a lot of adult supervision. So kind of the opposite of going away to camp. More of being abandoned by your parents. Yeah. Uh, that, that kind That's of camp. More, more, more Narnia than... More Narnia. More more Narnia than Percy Jackson. So 
nurturing power, stealth, or wisdom. We, we, let's start there. What, what what do we want as a group to be our guide? I, mean, I like really them, but yeah, I have to say I'm I'm fond of wisdom too. So but... should, should, should we go with creepy raven? Someone's that going. Always, it's always a winner. A creepy raven with wisdom. Yeah. Creepy raven wisdom. We have characters. We have your familiar. Can the familiar's name be Creepy Raven? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I was, Yay! I was going to cover that in the next session, but it's in, names are important in this game, and the players have the power uh, and the responsibility of naming things. So, you have named your familiar Creepy Raven. Uh, we'll get we'll get more into naming things the next time. We'll run down a little bit of the rules and a little bit of the this is what's already happened, and then we will jump into your first adventure as scouts of the Weirdwood Forest. Can we play tomorrow? <laughs>